0: Thank you, men. Take your Bibles tonight and turn to 2 Chronicles, if you would, chapter 1. 2 Chronicles, chapter 1. You should have received two handouts tonight, so you should have received two. You'll need them both. Um, One of them is two pages stapled together, and the other one is uh, just a single page, two-sided. So if you did not receive one or both, hold up your hand if you would. The men also have some pencil or some pens as well if you need something to write with. It's going to be hard to take notes if you don't have something to write with. Normally I don't give you a handout, but um, normally the messages I preach are going to be fairly simple with two or three points, main points that you can jot down. You don't really need a handout for it. But for this series on Sunday nights that we're going to be doing for about the next 10 to 12 weeks, um, we're going to be covering some things in Proverbs uh, in some volume. and I really want you to be able to take some of these things that I've studied out and I want you to be able to take them home. I hope you compile them, put them together, put them in a folder. Uh, they're, they're not my words. Uh, they're coming from the Word of God in Proverbs and uh, it's about wisdom and it's all about how uh, people live their lives and some people live their lives in accordance with biblical wisdom some people live their lives as simple individuals, easily misled, ignorant, uh, making bad choice after bad choice after bad choice. Um, the, the truths that we're going to look at, uh, you're going to see some things, um, we're going to look at it from, from the perspective of uh, a parent training up children, we're going to look at it from the perspective of dating. We've got some young people in the room here, I think you're anticipating marrying someone someday and we're going to look at it from that perspective what are some things you should look for in a spouse um well he's handsome okay that's worth about that much okay uh okay maybe a little bit more than that but not a whole lot more than that and uh we're going to look at some things uh we're going to look at it from this perspective if you marry some man who's a simple person biblically simple what are some things you can expect (laughs) We're going to look at it from that perspective. Or if you marry a lady, a young lady who's simple, what can you expect? And we're going to do that. We're going to think about it from the perspective of an employer to an employee. If you hire somebody and they're a simpleton, you're going to have your work cut out for you as an employer. Okay, and you're going to have to know who you're dealing with. And, uh, and if you choose to retain that individual, you're going to have to know how to work with that person. Or maybe you're, what if the employer is the simple person? What if, what, if a, what if a simple person finds himself in a leadership position? That's a scary thing. So we're going to look at all those things. We'll, set, we'll lay some groundwork here this evening. Uh, take the, the handout that says simple on it. It's got uh, some lines to be filled in. This is, we're not going to touch this tonight, but I want to give it to you. We're going to look at the simple person for at least two weeks, tonight and next Sunday night. Uh, we may even take three, depending how it goes. But this is a homework assignment. You don't have to do it. I'm not going to check it to see if you did. I'm not going to grade it. Uh, I'd encourage you to bring it back, though, when you finish it. You might have it done by, some of you will have it done by tonight before you go to bed. Some of you will take you a week or something like that. But uh, look at number one. It's just a study guide. It says, read Proverbs chapter 9. That's the whole thing. List your observations about the call of wisdom and the call of the foolish woman or just foolishness. And how are these two calls similar? How are they different? Paraphrase them in today's language and situation. Um, look at number two. Between these two calls, and Proverbs 9.10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Read Proverbs 8.13. Describe how hatred w- could be of help to somebody who's simple. Uh, you know, not all hatred is bad. Hating people is bad. Uh, but not all hatred is bad. You know that we're supposed to hate sin. We should have a hatred for sin. Uh, and sometimes we don't, and it gets us into big-time trouble. And then look at number three, just three questions. Based upon the biblical description of a simple person, how do you believe the simple would act in the following three scenarios? A college student on spring break. How's a simple person going to act? All right, you should write down a couple things. How about a, somebody who's in their 30s? They're an adult, but they've never grown up. They're a simple person. They got a, they got a wife. They got kids. They got a job. They got responsibilities. But they're simple. Um, pray for that wife. Or maybe it's the wife who's simple. And they're in their 30s. They got all this responsibility, but they're simple. But we're going to see what a simple person looks like. And how about the last one, a baby boomer facing retirement? Okay. And so I want it to be very practical. I want you to think it through with me. Um, and again, I'm giving you this handout, and I'm going to give you one of these handouts for each, for each one of the personalities that we're going to look at. And there are five of them, okay? The simple, uh, the fool, the scorner, the wise, and the slothful, the sluggard. okay? And when you're done, if you're faithful and you take good notes, you're going to have this, and it'll be a resource for you. And uh, for those of us who have young children, this will be very valuable to you. Um, As your children grow and get older, this will be very valuable to you. You might look at your child and you might say to your spouse, What? Who is that? And you're not saying, like, what is their name? You're saying, are we dealing with a simple person here? Or are we dealing with a scorner here? Are we dealing with a foolish young person? What are we dealing with? Because if you don't know who you're dealing with, if you treat... If you try to train your child, and you, you're training them like they're a simple person, but really they've moved on from that, You're the point of a fool or to a scorner, uh, there are different ways you have to handle them. Or, if you're an employer and you've got employees, and you think you're dealing with a simple person here, but really they're a scorner. You need to know who you're dealing with. And so, uh, this is a very, very, very practical study, and so I'm wanting to give you the notes. Um, I think this is 14-point font. You know, there's plenty of room to write. Uh, I told Pastor Burden, I said, you know, this is kind of like a medium, a happy medium between Pastor Burden, who's the minimalist, right, when he comes to handouts. You know, he'd have boiled this down to like half a page, you know, and you'd have been like, yes. But on the other side, though, I'm in the middle between Pastor Burden and Pastor Scott, who's the maximist. okay? So we've got the minimalist and the maximist. And Pastor Burden said, and there's a lot of room in between. And that's true, and I'm somewhere there. So you have a handout there. Uh, I've not given you everything that I've studied, but I've given you enough. So if you don't take any other notes, then just fill in the blank. You'll have what you need uh, to make some good choices. Uh, let me ask you a couple of questions. We'll look at some scripture and we'll pray in just about five minutes or so. But if you could have any one thing in life, what would it be? If you could have anything in life what would it be? Our, we were at a restaurant the other day and we were reading, there were a list of questions that Tori was reading some of them. and If, if there was anything in life you could have, what would it be? What would it be? Would it be unlimited money? Would it be uh, more hair? I don't know. If Dad could leave or give anything to you, what would it be? Wisdom. Wisdom. Hey, that's good. Have you been reading ahead? No. Cheating? You're looking at the notes? No? Okay. Grandchildren. Grandchildren? You'd like those? All right. All right. See, now we're getting somewhere. If I wait long enough, I'll get a response. It's been a little while, but I think it was Warren Buffett... Uh, he gave, it's been, I think, about 10 years ago, uh, I think he gave like 10 million Class B shares of Berkshire Hathaway stock uh, to the Gates Foundation. It was worth about 30, just over $30 billion. He just gave it, you know. Well, King Solomon had a choice, and he had the choice that I just offered up to you. If you could have anything you want, what would it be? And you're right, King Solomon chose wisdom. Look at our passage, 2 Chronicles, chapter number 1. And I'm going to begin reading in verse number 7. 2 Chronicles, chapter 1, and verse number 7. And I'm going to read down through verse number 12. It says in verse 7, In that night did God appear unto Solomon and said unto him, Ask what I shall give thee. Now, we know that God does not appear to us this way anymore. If you think he has, you ate too much pizza. Okay. And God asked Solomon, "Ask what I shall give thee. What do you want?" Verse 8. And Solomon said unto God, "Thou hast showed great mercy unto David, my father, and hast made me to reign in his stead. Now, O Lord God, let thy promise unto David, my father, be established, for thou hast made me king over a people like the dust of the earth in multitude." So Solomon says, God, you've made me the king over a lot of people. Verse 10, give me now wisdom and knowledge. We often think of of Solomon asking only for wisdom, but you notice here what he asks for, wisdom and knowledge. That I may go out and come in before this people, for who can judge this thy people that is so great? And God said to Solomon, because this was in thine heart, and thou hast not asked riches, wealth, or honor, nor the life of thine enemies, neither yet uh, hast asked long life, but hast asked wisdom and knowledge for thyself, that thou mayest judge my people over whom I have made thee king. Wisdom and knowledge is granted unto thee, and I will give thee riches and wealth and honor, such as none of the kings had that had that have been before thee, neither shall there any after thee have the like. So Solomon is asked by God in 2 Chronicles chapter 1, what would you like? And Solomon didn't ask for riches, he didn't ask for wealth. Solomon looked, he asked for wisdom and knowledge, that's true, but I can't help but notice why he asked for wisdom and knowledge. Solomon looked at the responsibility, the God-given responsibility that God had given to him. He looked at his responsibility, and he understood he was lacking something. And he asked God for what God only could give. That was wisdom and knowledge. And God said yes. I, I'm reminded of the book of James, where we're commanded to ask for wisdom. If any man lacked wisdom... Let him ask of God, which giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not. He doesn't withhold it, and it shall be given him. So, before we pray, King Solomon, the wisest and richest man, uh, what does he leave his son? And the answer is the book of Proverbs. And I want you to look there. Proverbs will be our text for this, this evening. So, the wisest man to ever live, he left his son with something... And it's the book of Proverbs. And turn with me, if you would, to chapter 3. Chapter 3. Proverbs is full of instruction. It's full of wisdom. And I could say it this way. You know, I think Trinity Baptist Church is at a crossroads. And we need discernment. And we need wisdom. We need instruction in righteousness. Righteousness. We need to evaluate where we are as individuals, and where we are as a church, and where we're going, and if we're on the right path. And to know that, we need wisdom. We need knowledge of the truth, and we need wisdom from God. Now look, look at Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13, down through verse number 20. Verse 13. It says, Happy is the man that findeth wisdom, and the man that getteth understanding. Verse 14, for the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain thereof than fine gold. Are you following that? Do you believe that? Do you believe that wisdom, the word of God is wisdom. Do you believe that it is more valuable than silver and fine gold? Verse 15 goes on, she, wisdom, is more precious than rubies, and all the things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Nothing you and I can imagine or desire or long for can be compared with wisdom. That's how valuable it is. Verse 16, length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand, riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her, and happy is every one that retaineth her. The Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth. By understanding hath he established the heavens. Now he's talking about the heavens and the earth. God literally is telling us that he created the heavens and the earth according to wisdom and understanding. Scientists study the earth and the heavens to this day, and we learn more about God's handiwork as we study the heavens and the earth. The earth tilted at a certain axis. The earth in orbit. The other planets in orbit. And if they were out of alignment by a very small fraction, uh, we would burn up or we would freeze. Or, and all of this was spoken into existence according to God's wisdom and according to God's understanding. Look at verse 20 of that chapter by his knowledge the depths are broken up and the clouds drop down the dew and so merchandise we've just read in chapter three of proverbs three or, or uh, chapter three of proverbs says merchandise happiness prosperity length of days of wisdom uh, god is the source of wisdom by wisdom the earth is founded and it's the way in which he administrates his kingdom All of this comes about by wisdom. Now the purpose for the series on wisdom compared with simplicity and foolishness and being a scorner and a sluggard, my goal is not for all of us to go out and become geniuses in the investment industry or or become wealthy businessmen. That's not my goal, okay? And, And ultimately that shouldn't be your goal either, but I will tell you this. Uh, very frankly, as we just read, length of days and prosperity and happiness and merchandise, a lot of that is, frankly, it comes about because of wisdom. And that's what he says in Proverbs chapter 3. Look over to chapter 4, Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7. In verse 7, he says, wisdom is the principal thing. Now, think with me now, Solomon is talking to his son. And Solomon says, wisdom is the principal thing. Son, do you want to know what you ought to focus on? Do you want to know what you need, son? Yeah, I know what I need. I need a new car. I need more horses, Dad. I need a new chariot, maybe Solomon's son thought. You know, this old ragtag chariot you gave me, I need a new one. No, no. Son, you know what you need? You need wisdom. The principal thing is Wisdom. Therefore, get wisdom, he says to his son. And with all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt wisdom, and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. You're going to have to 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 seek her wisdom. You're going to have to hold on to her. You're going to have to know what she looks like, wisdom. And do not let her go. Do not let her go. Now, he's talking about wisdom. So wisdom is the principal thing. It brings promotion. It brings honor. Wisdom is the secret to making right choices. I'll say that again. Wisdom is the secret to making right choices. Do you make right choices? Have you ever made wrong choices? Right? Who, Who hasn't? What are some of the wrong choices you've made? Don't answer that. What our, I mean, we could go around the room, and we, we don't want to, do we? We don't want to go around the room. Some of them would be funny. Some of them would be funny, you know, to hear about some of our plans to, you know, really provide well for our family, and we invested in that. What were we thinking? We believe that person? What were we thinking? Remember a pastor saying, Seth, if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. Okay, that's a good rule of thumb. Um. Wisdom. Uh, do you have wisdom? Is your life characterized by making good, wise choices? And so the book of Proverbs gives five types of people as it relates to wisdom. Understanding, understanding these characters that Proverbs identifies for us will help us understand where we're at, who we are, where we are in our maturity, our, and how we ought to respond to others and how they are responding to us. And all, all of us, to some degree, fit within these, these five categories. So I'm going to hit the button and we'll see if it goes. There we go, five types of people. What are they? The simple person, one void of understanding, the fool, he despises wisdom and instruction, the scorner, interprets truth from his own viewpoint. We're going to look at all these individually, not tonight. The sluggard, he avoids responsibility. He rejects responsibility. He's wiser in his own conceit than seven men. (laughs) And he won't plow by reason of the cold, right? He's even, sometimes the sluggard is even too lazy to beg. And then uh, the wise, understanding and knowledge to live skillfully. Now, when I think of my children, and I think about this from a father's perspective, Solomon is writing this to his son. He wants his son to live skillfully. Don't you want that for your child? You have, Chris, you got four sons. I have two sons and two daughters. That means I'm going to have to give two of my daughters away to somebody else's sons. (laughs) What'd you say this morning, Kendall? There isn't one. Perfect enough or something like that? Something like that. I agree. And that's not saying anything against anybody's sons. I got two of them, right? I know. But uh, you know what? We want our children to have understanding and knowledge. We want them to live skillfully. You know, you don't want your children, no one likes to go along and buy, you know, buy a used car and you think you got something beautiful. Then you find out that the guy who sold you the car, he's really just a great auto body guy. And this thing's been like through a flood down in New Orleans or something like that. And you had no clue. You were lacking wisdom. George Medich could probably spot things like that. He'd be wiser when it comes to spotting those things than I would be. But we all need wisdom. So notice with me, Roman numeral one in your handout, and let's look at the definition for the simple, the definition for the simple, it's, it, it's a simple definition, one void of understanding. The, the per, a person who's simple is lacking understanding. Now, I want to I make something clear to you. Someone who's lacking understanding, a simple individual, it, this deals more with the heart than with the head. Now, it, to some degree, and like I just mentioned, George Medich, who, deals in, who has dealt throughout his life in selling automobiles and buying automobiles and repairing automobiles... He is going to have a lot more head knowledge when it comes to automobiles than I am. You do not want me working on your car. Unless you have a hanger hanging and rattling, I can fix that for you, okay? Uh, And some other things. But uh, that's a whole other story we don't have time for. But I had a hanger hanging behind my head, rattling. And I was getting all upset because I thought, this thing's not working. Something's gone wrong in the engine. What now? And it just was a hanger hanging behind my head, you know, (laughs) banging up against the window. Right, so you don't want me working on your car. Right. So George and I have a different level of understanding when it comes to automobiles. But we're talking about a head knowledge here. When we're thinking about this definition of the simple person, and we've all been simple before. The, simple, the idea of the simple person is dealing more with the heart than with the head. Okay. And, you, and we all ought to be asking ourselves, am I a simple person? No, not am I a simple person. Are we simple people, right? Are you a simple person? Am I a simple person? We ought to be asking ourselves this. So someone who lacks... uh, A good definition would be someone who lacks understanding, both intellectually, that is true, but also willfully. Someone who lacks understanding and wisdom. Now we're talking both intellectually, they're lacking understanding and wisdom, but also volitionally. What I mean by that? Willfully. A simple person is someone who lacks understanding willfully. Don't bother me with reality. I don't want to know. I want to live my life. I'm willfully simple. I want to be simple. I don't want to grow up. Now, Kendall, do you want to hand your daughter over to a man who's simple, who doesn't want to grow up? No! Because then you'd have other motives toward him that might be ungodly, you know, later on. No. The simple person willfully lacks understanding. He willfully lacks wisdom. Um, the Bible, in the, in the terms for simple found in the Bible, it can refer to somebody who's mentally challenged. But it's usually used in a moral or a willful sense. Now, these descriptions, I think, reflect more in someone's will than their intellect. And really, it's an issue of pride. Sometimes we look at a simple individual, and and oftentimes it's a young person, okay, that's simple. Um, Sometimes we'll feel sorry for them. And we'll say something like, well, they'll grow up. But again, I want to tell you, a child has to be trained up out of simplicity and that is a responsibility of mom and dad, okay? And if you're a young person here, you ought to know that your mom and dad are working to train you up out of simplicity. You know, it's nice just to kind of hang out and play video games, and it's, it's nice just to sleep in and, and just be like, you know what, it doesn't matter. You know, life, you know, it, it's all good. Dad's going to bring home the bacon, and mom's going to have food for us, and You know, i got a roof over my head, and my room's beautiful, and i got everything I need, and I'm just living life with no responsibility at all. But I want to tell you something. If you and I as parents train up our kids that way, we're training them up for failure. We're setting them up for failure. And by the way, there's a whole generation of people today, and it's not new to our day. So I'm not going to point at a certain generation. Uh, But there's a whole generation of people today. Generations, there always have been generations of people like this where they feel entitled, someone else ought to pay for my college education type of attitude. You know, Bernie Sanders was kind of running on that platform, getting a, of, getting a lot of support that way. People are holding signs, pay for my college. Where'd they get this idea? They're simple. They're simple. Tax the 1%. Just, you know, I remember one person saying, uh, you know, you know, you what know, was something about President Obama and how he would provide them a phone. remember one person, one man sat in my office and he was asking for some money and he, his phone went off, you know, and I waited. He said, let me take this ticket, you know, and, hello? While he's on the phone, his one phone, his other phone goes off. And he's like fumbling around. And I, and I said, can I ask you, where'd you get all these phones? He said, it's my, this is my Obama phone and this is my other phone. But wanting somebody else to provide a simple person willfully lacks understanding. Uh, it's been a little while ago, uh, Ronald Reagan had an ambassador to the UN. His name was Alan Keyes. And, uh, and Alan Keyes was a pretty smart fellow. And uh, he entered into a debate with a man by Alan Dershowitz, who is a defense lawyer, on the O.J. Simpson case. And their debate topic was debated in a university forum, and it was on the relevance of religion in the 21st century. Now, Alan Dershowitz is a very, very smart man. And my point of this is the simple person is not so much simple in their knowledge as they are willfully in their heart. Okay, because Alan Dershowitz is a very smart man. But in that format, in that university, they, they argued and debated this point of, is religion relevant in the 21st century? And in the format, it allowed for some questions from the audience. And one of the questions that someone in the audience asked Alan Dershowitz was this. The question was very simple. Three words. What is right? What is right? And listen to how Alan Dershowitz replied. Quote, That is a hard question. I know what is wrong, the great atrocities like the Holocaust or the Crusades and terrorism, but I do not know what is right. But I will spend the rest of my life through experience and education trying to find out what is right. End quote. Now, he's a smart man, and he willfully acknowledged, I do not know what is right. See, Mr. Dershowitz, by rejecting God, had rejected any standard of absolute truth. For Alan Dershowitz, uh, because atrocities and abuses could be found in the histories of all religions, in his eyes, Catholicism and others, no religion is authoritative. And by the way, religion is not the answer, but the Bible is the answer, and a relationship with God is the answer. But Alan Dershowitz, because he's lacking any higher power to which he was accountable, he became a law unto himself, his likes, his dislikes, his preferences, his opinions. This is what defined right and wrong. And it was very candid and very telling for Mr. Dershowitz to admit, I do not know what is right. And I would ask you the question, do you know what is right? And there are people who are very, very intelligent like Mr. Dershowitz, who have many degrees, who cannot answer that question, what is right? We live in a society today where everybody does that which is right in their own eyes. What's right for you might not be right for me. What's right for me might not be right for you. Hey, let's all just... And you see, our country, in fact, it's just, it feels like it's being uh, strung together by a thread. And it boils down to this Proverbs 1 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. I'll say that again. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And men like Mr. Dershowitz will say, I don't know what's right. And you know why? Because he rejects this. Well, I suppose if you're going to reject this, what do we have to look to? I'll make up my own rules, I'll decide what's right for me. Uh, Proverbs 9 and verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord, that is uh, a fear, it's not just a reverence, though there is a reverence for God, but a fear, an understanding that I am accountable to God, that He is my creator, and that I am going to stand before Him someday and give an account to God for everything that I've ever said with my tongue. It's that fear that causes me to live my life the way that I am. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. That's knowing what is right. And it is the beginning of wisdom. Knowing what to do with the life that God has given me. Do you know what to do with the life that God has given you? We could, we could make application here. Uh, In the sense of, as believers, do you know what to do with the talents and abilities, the spiritual gift that God has given you in the local church? Do you know what to do with it? You only get one life and you're rewarded or you lose out on that reward for all of eternity. No pressure there. Um, Some of us have invested in the stock market over time. And the stock market is not always equal, depending on the year, right? And some of us have lost money in the stock market. Some of us have made money in the stock market. There's a level of knowledge and understanding and wisdom that are necessary to succeed in that market. Why is it that some person can start a business and he can be successful and another man not successful. And I'm not trying to take God out of it, because ultimately God is the one who blesses or does not bless, okay? But there is a level. Please, we ought not go through life just saying, well, you know what? God knows. Well, God will take care of it. Well, no, no, no. There is work ethic, not a sluggard. There is a, a fear of God that leads to understanding, to know what decisions to make, to know what I'm looking at here. Uh, is there's a fear of God that leads to wisdom, being able to make right and good choices that lead to, as we already read in Proverbs chapter three and chapter four, possessions and, and some, some semblance of wealth? We're not talking about getting rich. that's not the point of this. But why is that some, some individual lives and they're living in poverty and they never have enough money for anything, and another person who has less money than that person has plenty? Because they're living by wisdom. They're not simple. Look at uh, number two, Rome numeral two, and I've noticed some characteristics of the simple. Characteristics of the simple. And letter A is ignorance. Ignorance or naivety. Now, we're just talking about the simple for just a little bit here. Um, The characteristics of the simple, they're uh, they're ignorant or naive. Uh, Look with me to Romans chapter 16 and verse 19. Leave your place in Proverbs, we'll be coming back, but Romans chapter 16. Romans chapter 16, and verse 19. You know, a characteristic of someone who's simple is that they're ignorant or they're naive. They're gullible, is another way I could say that. They're ignorant of the actions that they're taking and the consequences for their actions. By the way, when we don't discipline our children biblically, which is called spanking, I'm not saying abusive in any way. When we do not discipline our children in a corporate, corporal punishment sort of way... We're actually robbing them of wisdom. You know what? They're going to have to learn the lesson at a later time in life, and it's going to cost them a whole lot more than a few stings on the bottom. It may cost them their marriage. Because if we allow them to get away with sinful actions now, when they're little, or a bad attitude... Or the ability to just pitch a fit and just destroy their room. What we're, we're actually doing, we're actually leading them to believe that it's okay to act like that. And you won't have any consequences. And that's just not true. There are people in the Genesee County Jail tonight and in prisons all over this country who pitched a fit. Only they used a gun. Or they pitched a fit and they used a knife or they pitched a fit and they used somebody else to take out somebody else or hurt or steal something that was not theirs. It's not okay to steal, you see. So the simple, a characteristic of a simple person is that they're ignorant or they're naive. Now, there is a level of ignorance that's good. And you're in Romans chapter 16. Look at verse number 19. Look at verse number 19. He says, for your obedience has come abroad unto all men. He's complimenting the church at Rome. And it's not Roman Catholic church okay, that he's talking to, he says, I am glad, therefore, on your behalf, but yet I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. What do you think he means by that? Paul says to the church at Rome, believers like you and me, he says, I want you to be wise unto that which is good. I want you to know and understand and know what to do with those things that are good. But those things that are evil, I want you to be simple to them. You know, one of the roles of parents is that we protect our children. That we do have some standards that we raise up. Our righteousness is not found in our standards. Okay. Our salvation is not found in our standards. But there is a reality where, as a dad, I should have a conversation with my wife and say, Hey, honey, you know... And we should be in agreement on this. Um, you know, I, I really would rather our daughters not wear those things. Why? Because I know how young men think. That's why. And so we're going to put up a standard. Or you might have a standard for your children. Um, you know, I tease the late, the, my daughters and say, no dating until you're 35. You know, that's a standard, you know. No dating, Julia. Would you like that? No. Okay, I'm joking. Okay, they can. They'll probably date before they're 35. I suppose. I'll pick the guy. All right, Tori. I do. We do talk about that. We do talk about that, and that's not so much a joke. But you know, there are standards that we we put up around our children to protect them. And why? Because, you know, we could just throw them to the world and just say, you know, just go experience everything. How many of us would like our children to experience everything that's out there in the world to experience? And I'm not just talking about the, the raunchiest kind of music with the foulest words in it. Or that big dance party somewhere. But I'm talking about all that comes with it. The abuse and the diseases you see what I'm saying? How many, would you, how many of us want our children to experience all that? No. And so we do set up standards. And by the way, everybody in this room has standards. It's just the bar has been set at a different place. Well, how do we know where to set the bar? And the answer to that question is wisdom. We're living in 2018. We're not living, we're not living when the apostles were on the earth. And there were some wicked things going on in those days too, by the way. But we're living in 2018. I happen to live in Genesee County. I need wisdom and discernment, uh, and you do too, and, and so are, we're to be innocent towards sin or, or ignorant even of certain sinful things, and please, sometimes we think in our society today that if we can't, if we're not all up to date on pop culture, if I don't know who's who, the, the latest rapper who uses really horrible language and and is a, a horrible individual, uh, and, and I, I'm not trying to be picky here, hopefully, you're not thinking I'm being overly judgmental, I don't have anybody in name for that matter. But, but think with me now, sometimes in our society today, it's almost like, well, if I'm not up to date, if I don't dress like this world, and if I don't like the music of this world, then, well, you're just, you know, Seth, you just, I mean, you're just not in tune. You need to be, you're robbing your kids of something by not letting them be a part of that society. Am I really? Am I really? But here's the thing. You and I have to think through these things. We ought to be ignorant of of sinful things, uh, but we ought to be wise toward good things. In Proverbs 9 and verse 16, it says, Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither, and as for him that wanteth understanding. And and we're going to look at that proverb toward the end of the message here in just a few minutes. But he's talking about a simple man... Who turns in hither to a woman who is a very ungodly woman. She's clamorous, which means she's loud and it has the idea of to make a tumult. She's an angry person, a rage-filled person. Okay? Um, and the person who turns into her is someone who's simple, who wants understanding, it says in Proverbs 9. Uh, letter B. Look there. Letter B says a second characteristic of a simple person is easily someone who's easily misled or deceived. Someone who's easily misled or deceived. Look at again at Proverbs chapter 16 and verse number 17. Proverbs 16, verse 17. Now, now rem, notice with me, Paul's heart for this church, he's wanting to protect them, he loves them. And it says in verse 17 of Romans chapter 16, verse number 17, it says, Now I beseech you, brethren... Mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. So in other words, someone who's teaching something that's against what the Bible says, you ought to mark that person. You ought to note them and decide, I'm not going to listen to them because they're teaching something that's against the Bible. Look at verse 18, he continues, For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly." You know, I might go so far as to, to mention someone's name and I normally don't do that, but someone like Joel Osteen. Look at the beginning of verse 18, for they that are of, that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ but their own belly and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. Now, if you're a Joel Osteen fan, please forgive me, but Joel Osteen does not preach the Bible. He will preach some things better of the Bible, but much of what he preaches is what I might call a health and wealth gospel or a prosperity gospel. In other words, it's kind of like God wants you to be rich, man. And, it, it, and I shouldn't wonder what he's thinking, but it sure seems like he's thinking only I'm going to be richer, <laughs> you know. Uh, you know, I'll pray for you through the TV somehow, and you put your hand on that checkbook and write me a big check, and and you know what? Lots of people flock to him. Why? Because they want to be built up. They want to be built up. They want to be told that, hey, today's your day. God wants you to be rich. God wants you to be happy. God wants you to be fulfilled. Well, you know what? A lot of those things, those are not things that God says in his word. He wants us to be holy. You never hear him preach that. Never. He does not preach the Bible. And, and so he tells us here, uh, what are we supposed to do uh, The the good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. Simple individuals are easily misled. They're easily deceived. Uh, Notice letter C. A characteristic of a simple is that they lack foresight and discernment. They lack foresight and discernment. They wander into temptation easily. Look over to Proverbs chapter 7. So we make our way back to Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 7. Proverbs chapter 7, look at verse number 6. Proverbs chapter 7 and verse number 6. And and this is where I'm drawing this point from. Uh, A simple person lacks foresight and discernment. Look at Proverbs chapter 7 and verse 6. He says this. For at the window of my house, Solomon says, I looked through my casement. He says, I looked out my window, verse 7, and beheld among the simple ones, because there's a bunch of them, I discerned among the youths a young man void of understanding. And he's just kind of wandering by the street corner. doesn't have a whole lot of, he's not really going anywhere. He's just kind of hanging out. My mom and dad were always a little bit leery of me just hanging out when I was a teenager. Did you ever make any mistakes when you were just hanging out? I can remember when I was 13 years old and I played in the Gus Macker tournament with a few guys that I didn't really know. And in a matter of about 48 hours, I was at somebody else's house spending the night, watched some sort of a horror movie that kept me up for like five years after that. We went to a local like a 7-Eleven and were rude and foolish. Lighting off firecrackers and elderly women's mailboxes on the way back through the subdivision that I'd never been to before. Found a dead frog on the road, with that in someone's mailbox. And I'm careful here. Before we made it back to the house that night, the other three guys that I thought I knew were up in a treehouse looking at a magazine. That was raunchy. And it's only by the grace of God that my head never got over the top rung. and I never went up there. That all happened within 48 hours. And to this day, my mom and dad never knew that happened. Should you be careful about where you let your children go? The home that we stayed in was the home of a deacon in the Baptist church. A simple person lacks foresight. They're easily misled. Proverbs 22, verse 3 says A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. Do you want to be punished? Do you want to reap what you sow consequentially in a negative way? You know, that's a positive. Sowing and reaping is positive. It's supposed to produce a big yield. The farmers, they plant those fields. And boy, I love when the fall comes and the big combines are out there. Will, don't you love those big John Deere combines and the corn's just flowing out? I love watching that. And they planted those little itty-bitty seeds and all that comes up. And then they have this huge yield. Uh, sowing and reaping is a positive thing, but it also going to be a negative thing. The simple pass on, and they're punished. They suffer. Sometimes simple people, their their marriage suffers. Simple individuals make poor financial decisions, and they suffer. And when they're in leadership, they make poor financial decisions, and everybody else suffers. Again, he says it in Proverbs 27 and verse 12. A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. Solomon says it twice. The prudent man. Who wants to be a prudent man? Who thinks that sounds cool and fun and hip? Prudent. No, it doesn't, does it? Be cool. Be prudent. A new bumper sticker coming out. I've never seen a bumper sticker like that. But you know what? Being a prudent man is to be a wise man. I wonder... Let's look at letter D. Letter D. The characteristics of a simple. They're naturally inclined toward foolishness. Proverbs 14, verse 18 says, The simple inherit folly. The simple inherit folly, foolishness, but the prudent are crowned with knowledge. By the way, it tends to be this way. Young people, we tend to look at our are, we tend to look at those who are older than us, and we tend to say things like this. They're not cool. They're not hip. You know what? They're just not with it. You know what we ought to do as young people? You know, what you, you know what I would encourage you to do as a young person? Look to those generations that are older than you, and look out and find for yourself people that are wise. You might find your parents are very wise in some areas. Maybe not every area, but in many areas, you'll find that your parents are wise. If your parents are following the Lord and following his word, they're going to be wise people. Look to them. Follow them. Ask them questions. Ask them questions. Say, say things like this. Say, Dad, did this ever happen to you? And tell them what happened. Dad, what would you do? What do you think I should do, Dad? Really? You'd be a wise young person to do that. Girls, talk to your moms. Talk to your moms. Say, Mom... Why do you do what you do? Mom, why do you wear what you wear? Mom, why don't you do this? Mom, why don't you listen to that? Mom, tell me about your friends. Mom, how'd you meet Dad? Why'd you marry Dad? That's, that's going to be a loaded question. You know, ask your parents these things. Don't assume you know it already. You've got a mom and a dad. You can come ask me questions, too. You can ask some of the deacons in the church questions. You can ask other people in your church questions. This is your church family. You don't have to learn the hard way. Some of us have learned the hard way. Like a simple person, the simple inherit foolishness, folly, but the prudent are crowned with knowledge. Letter E, very quickly, uh, the last characteristic of a simple person is that they love being simple. (laughs) They love being simple. Don't bother me. I don't want to grow up. Don't make me get out of bed. Don't make me get a job. Don't make me live in reality. I want to be a simple person. Simple people want to be simple. They're content to go with the flow. They're content to follow the crowd. Proverbs 1 verse 22 asks the question. He says, How long ye simple ones will ye love simplicity? And so the slogan that you saw as we walked in this evening was, huh? I don't know. And I don't care. That's kind of the attitude. I love my simplicity. I love my simplicity. I want to give you one more, Roman numeral three. The simple are faced with a decision. You know what? Let's wait. Let's wait. We're done. You're done. I can see it. All right. You're done. Let's pray. Let me tell you something. This is going to be great, okay? And, and we laid a little bit of groundwork tonight, but it's going to get better as we go along. And, uh, and you can look ahead. Look ahead in your handout. You've got it all there. I don't know if you can figure out the blanks or not. You can try. Um, but it really, really is going to be helpful to you. And I want to tell you again, we've all played this simple person before in our lives, but we don't have to live there anymore, and we shouldn't. Okay? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you for these people. Uh, Lord, give us strength and wisdom for this week coming. We don't know what we're going to be faced with, decisions we're going to have to make. But whether we're young or old, or somewhere in between, Lord, help us to be wise. Give us wisdom, Lord. Father, that we might live lives that are pleasing to you, that honor you, and lives that can be a testimony to other people. Father, I pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. You are dismissed.